This is Efficiency On Demand. On Demand. High performance. Human optimization. Human optimization. People think hectic. Craziness. No time. No fun. Just work, work, work. work, work. work. Perform, perform. Perform. Harder. Harder. Push. Push. Machines. High pressure. No time. It's time to slow down to speed up. You owe more to yourself. This is Efficiency On Demand with Monique. Monique is a high-performance and human optimization specialist. During the show, Monique and her guest will talk about all things time management, impactful leadership, mindset mastery, and energy efficiency. It's time to take control of your time and live life limitless. This is Efficiency On Demand, and this is your host, Monique. Welcome back to Efficiency On Demand, everyone. Today, I have a wonderful guest, and he was really, really fast and efficient to actually schedule our talk. I'm super happy about that. You can always make me happy with efficiency. So my guest today and me, we are already connected for maybe, I want to say, two-ish years. I should have checked upon that, but I'm just winging it here. So about two-ish years, and I follow him along, and I love just how raw he is on his Facebook, the stories that he shares, and also like we just had a quick chat, and he literally says like, you know... Oh, what you see online is what you get, basically. And I love that about him. So I really wanted him to come on for several reasons. But one of it is definitely his beautiful rawness. So please welcome Eddie Smith, everyone. Thanks, Monique. I think it has been a couple of years. I know uh, I've been following you and I'm like, oh, man, like everything you talk about, I'm like, yeah, like I, I like that. Yeah, like that's <laughs> awesome. from efficiency to everything, just like life. Because what I've learned is there's like what seven billion people on this planet, and yeah, a few more. You want to, like I did for like the first 25 years of my life, you can feel like nobody gets you, nobody's like you, nobody understands you. But then if you like open your eyes and you look around and you like put yourself in opportunities to like be around people that think differently you see like, oh, there's actually like a lot of people like me and there's people that like think like me and get me. And uh, you're definitely one of those people, even though we don't talk all the time. Every time I see your content, I'm like, yeah, like I get I get that. I can relate to that. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Well, I really love to have you on today so we can chat a little bit more. So maybe you just tell us uh, who you are and what you do. Yeah. So uh, my name is Eddie Smith. I'm just a regular guy trying to make a big impact. I own a marketing agency and I do some coaching and consulting as well. Uh, the biggest thing or the thing that like most people know me for is Instagram. Back in 2015, 2016, I had just become a dad and I was working a job selling. I've always had a sales job, but I was like selling like lifting equipment. So if you think like cranes that like build skyscrapers or bridges, I sold the stuff that helped the cranes build bridges or the skyscrapers mm -hmm. when i would leave there i would go and work at a bar and then i would go and co-parent with my daughter's mom and then i would like do it all over again and so i realized real fast one that's a recipe to not have a relationship with my daughter and two like i just wasn't happy and i hadn't been happy for a long time growing up i played 
sports really competitively. That was my thing. And when I lost sports, I kind of went through like an identity crisis. And maybe if you're listening to this, you can relate to this, but it was almost as if between the age of 18 and 25, I was just going through the motions. And yeah, I went and like got a degree in communication and like, like sold cars and did all these other jobs, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. So even though I was like completely anti-social media, <laughs> <laughs> one of my good friends and mentors was like, hey, like you need to do the social media thing. And I was like 18, probably before that, like 16, 17, 18, when I met him. He's a couple years older than me. And uh, I was like, no, like I don't like that. It's so like lame. And finally, <laughs> it was like, hit, like with like, like a stick or something. I had a spiff and I was like, all right, cool. Like I need to talk to Brandon. I need to ask Brandon like what I should do. Like I'm ready. And I bought this like Snapchat course for like $59. Oh, snap. <laughs> snap riches. And at the time, my, my cell phone was disconnected. I, I was, my car had got repossessed. I was living in a two bedroom apartment and all I had was like a crib and like all my daughter's stuff. And then like a bed and like a sectional. And that was it. I didn't even have a laptop. And I remember I like borrow 60 bucks from my ex-girlfriend to like get my phone turned back on so I could even like use Snapchat because I didn't even have the internet. And from there, I like started like seeing influencers and I went to Instagram. And that's when it was like end of 2015, beginning of 2016, where I was like, oh, this Instagram thing could really work. Like everyone is like doing Facebook and I was so anti-Facebook and Snapchat. Like I wasn't really like I was, I had grown an audience, but I like just, I've never been one to be like, like take selfies all the time. <laughs> like, sharing my life, but like I had nothing to share at that point because I was still working like all day, all night. So I didn't like have like anything like share worthy. So Snapchat, I was like, oh, this is hard. Like if I was like, didn't have a job, it'd be a lot easier. Well, I do. And so no one wants to see mm-hmm. me like that work. And but this Instagram thing, I can do that because I'm super self-conscious. And I, I mean, if you're listening to this, I know you can relate to this. Uh, I'm super self-conscious because like who I had been, who I am, whatever, the people that I was around, they're like, <laughs> this is so fucking ass backwards. <laughs> but the more positive I would be and the more like business minded I'd be because I've always been business minded and always been pretty optimistic uh, with like a chip on my shoulder, as oxymoronic as that sounds. But like, like as positive as I was, I knew the people that were around me wouldn't, like I had people like quit following on Snapchat because they're like, Eddie, like, what are you doing? Like, why do you keep giving these positive messages? Like, shut the fuck up over here. And uh, so I was like, I do Instagram anonymously. I don't even have to put my face on it. I just start an account and uh, post what I feel and like what I think. And nobody even has to know it's me. I don't have to like hear all the chorus of like haters and 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 naysayers and people think I'm crazy. And so... That's when I started trying to figure out Instagram. And here we are four years later and it's kind of stuck. There's been uh, ups and downs, but Instagram has been the one thing, the one constant that I like, I love. I, I love Instagramming. I don't even like social media that much, but for some reason, Instagram, I think it's because it reminds me of like being an athlete again, you know, right. like I, I perform at a high level on Instagram. I know that I'm really good at it. I know that like I'm respected for it, but there's something gratifying being good at something and then helping other people be good at it. Like my mm-hmm. dad, he's like, you know, he, 
he he was a gangster and he's like uh older and he's not a gangster anymore but like the the way my dad grew up and the way i grew up they're not the same they're, they're kind of similar uh, he had a lot more trouble than i did but like now he's like an old man and he's like trying to like reclaim his life he's like he I really need to figure this Instagram thing out. And he was saying that for like two years. And I'm like, all right, dad, like, I feel you. And then finally he's like, seriously, like, E, like, I need to do this. And I'm like, all right, cool. And so like, in the last like week, this dude's grown like a hundred followers. He's like, one of his hosts got like 250 likes on it. And I'm like, geez, damn dad. You know, like, and it's fine. <laughs> like being able to, like, that's my parent, but like a lot of people to, to be able to like, see them like have that light bulb moment and yeah i i love just like being part of the community i think that's what it is is it's the community mm, i love that okay so there's so much we need to dig in but before that i definitely sometimes i have ideas people usually like just laugh about that and also probably because it's like german humor uh one of my clients recently i put an idea in his head and he just can't get rid of it but he hates it so much and we just laugh about it anyways your dad should be posting about uh life lessons of a gangster I mean, that's, I was... that's basically what he's doing like that, oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> i need to follow him i love it <laughs> oh my god imagine i would love that yeah so okay before we dig in into this instagram stuff there's oh my god there's so much but let's rewind a little bit because we have something in common that i believe you don't even know we have in common this whole being an athlete and then having to like have this break and lose our identities about it i totally had the same thing a little bit earlier than you because i was a professional ballerina from the age of three and a half till i was almost 14 so for 11 years and i had like tv gigs i was on stage and all of these kind of things and i had health issues by the time that resulted from like crowing too fast i did not crow in the beginning at all i was like a tiny little girl and then suddenly i was just shooting like 12 centimeters in one year and my knees didn't make it and so my mom decided that because one of the very conservative sports doctors in germany he said like oh your daughter certainly will end up in a wheelchair And my mom got really scared. So she just, without telling me, took me out of classes. And I was literally about to sign up for studying ballet. So anyways, that ended the whole career level of my ballet dancing. So I want to know from you, first of all, what was that you were doing as an athlete? And then how did you get to go through this identity shift? Because I remember that this started a whole different life level which was not a nice one but it was like literally it was a complete shit show for me to go through that and so let's talk a little bit about that yeah totally it really started because i don't know like i can relate to what you're saying so hard football had been like growing up in the hood and like in like areas that aren't nice you're always looking for like your way out right so you either like lean in and you become like a gangster or like criminal or like just like a poor person that like is just trying to like get through life or you like find something right and so for me that was football i like played the other sports but football was my thing american football so that was like always like i was bigger better faster stronger like that was my thing you know like i was like oh yeah like you're for sure gonna like go play d1 and like you could go pro and because uh, i'm like a big guy like right now i'm six three two forty five and uh when i was 14 i was like six foot 190 pounds 
running a four four forty. So like I was like big, strong, fast, and like I felt like that was my thing. Like that was like that was gonna be my life. Mm-hmm. Even as a professional, like I knew I was gonna at least play it till I was like twenty two. And I moved because I got in trouble. I know you guys do years. When I was like 15, 16, I moved across country from Washington to Chicago. And I got in trouble. And because I got in trouble, they told me I couldn't play sports at this new school that I went to. And uh, so I was like the first like, the first like case of like, oh, like, like losing my identity. And the year before I was really sick. So Hmm. I was like, still like, it was weird because like, even though I like lost a couple years of playing, I was still like getting recruited and still like being recognized as like top of my sport. So I still felt like connected to it and still felt like my identity, even though I wasn't playing it. I was like going through the motions and like talking to coaches and like, I don't know how to explain it, but like, I still felt part of it. And then I got hurt my, uh, when I was 17, I partially tore ligaments in my right ankle and I missed like the whole season, but I was still getting recruited. It was crazy. And uh, it was during the season when I had played a couple games and then I got hurt and then I came back that I started to like feel that like loss in uh, identity. Mm. And it initially, I like started skipping school. I, it was, it was just like, I didn't know who I was. Like sports was who I was. That's why I went to school. Like I was smart. Yeah. But like I went to school to play sports. You can't play sports for not in school. And I felt so much shame and guilt and resentment for myself and like self-hatred and like disgust probably until like 25 because even though like I didn't get to play as much in high school people still wanted me to play for them like the college I went to was like hey like walk on walk on walk on because they had recruited me and I was like uh and uh it took me until I was like 25 to like kind of like refine my identity and now that we're having this conversation I don't even think that I had refound my identity because between 18 and 25, my life was just kind of shit. A lot of like settling and, and not staying true to myself. But then I replaced it with Instagram and I started to like start to refine myself. And honestly, it wasn't until I started doing like the real deep inner work and spiritual work that I really started to, and that's been the last two to three years that I really started to work through that stuff. Yeah. Like people like my dad or my old friends or people like knew me from a really long time ago. Uh, You can see and hear the disappointment in them when they talk about what I could have been. And now I don't care because it's like, all right, well, like this is the path I'm on. This is the path that the universe like wanted me on. And Mm -hmm. uh, this is like what it is. And I'm happy. I'm glad how it all turned out. Yeah, totally. I can relate a lot to it, although... It was a little bit different for me because I was the one resenting my mom a lot for taking me out and resenting her for basically destroying my future, if you want to take it, because I was 14 by the time. And what happened with me was that when I went through this, basically ballet was not just a sports for me. It was my whole, not only even my identity, it was my soul. I started right after my kidney surgery when I got out to dance and it was actually kind of a lifesaver for me. Whatever happened, so I was really sick from the from the day I was born. Basically, I had two chronic diseases. And um, 
they tried in alternating ways to kill me here or there and <laughs> didn't make it so far. And um, so what happens was that ballet was was basically my way out, right? Um, it, but more though, a way into a into a identity that I personally loved and where everyone else also basically loved me, right? Because they loved me on stage. I was one of the solo dancers in the in the company I danced with that had the most dances on stage and all of the kind of things. Just because I started so early, I was really, really good. And I think it was just in my blood. There was like I caught up really, really fast with like all of the ballet techniques and everything. And so when that was taken away from me, it was not only the identity that I lost, but everything else I was able to hold on to through the diseases, through the bullying, through mental abuse, through everything that I had basically from the time I entered primary school, like this was when I was five. And that was a thing that that started for me that I cracked completely upon it without really noticing it that this was the start. Like it would come later to me when I did all of the work as well in the past 10 years. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing to see how something like sports can be so incredibly uh, important and, and helpful, especially if you come from a place like you do or also from a background like I, although it's very different, different where we both uh, come from, but it certainly was a, uh, was not the most luxury place that I was born into as well. <laughs> it, I think what it comes down is like it fills that void, right? Like you feel like you have some kind of emptiness and then it comes in and it, it like it, it fills it with something. You're like, oh, this makes me feel like it's full. That's that's powerful for anybody at any level, I believe. You know, because mm. be the richest, most affluent, like perfect lifestyle and still feel that like void inside. And uh, if you don't find something that like fills your soul up, all the money in the world, all the riches, all the whatever, it won't it won't ever mean anything. That's why you see so many like rich, successful people that are like super depressed, and, like committing suicide, which is really sad. Yeah, it is indeed. So when we look at Lao being an athlete, and you said like you kind of feel like Instagram is like an athletic challenge for you, how can you compare that? Like, what do you think is is kind of similar to being on Instagram and being able to actually growing it organically, getting all the uh, followers, but also building a community with them in comparison to being an athlete. It's <laughs> it's like the way my brain works. I'm always like looking to like draw from like different experiences and, and, and different industries and, and, and just, just draw from everything around me. And I like get these weird thoughts, you know, like, oh yeah, like that's like this. And I might share with people sometimes like, what? like, how do you, how are you connecting those? I'm like, I don't know. It just makes sense to my brain. And with Instagram, it's more like the analytics and the data and like the human behavior side of it. Mm. So with sports, a lot of that becomes like second nature. And the whole idea, like, and I'm, I know, you know, this from uh, ballet, but the whole idea is like not to have to think about it anymore it, to have put in so many hours and so many reps that your body just does it. And, uh, there's not much thinking. And so with Instagram, I look at like my impressions and my reach and the likes or engagement and like all these, all this data and all this analytics and numbers. And then I look at like 
so I only follow like 111 people on all my accounts. That's more of like a spiritual thing. But if I wasn't uh, spiritual, then I'd only follow like 100. And if you're watching or listening to this, 111, it's like a, an angel number, like numerology, and it's like a rapid manifestation. So I want to see it. And like constantly like benchmarking, like evaluating, like what kind of content is resonating. So some of the people I follow, because I genuinely like, like them and their vibe and the content they post, but most people I follow are like, people in my industry or people like in my like space and I want to see like and they're bigger than me and I want to see like what's working why it's working strategy and like I'm processing it so it's like watching game film when I play football you know like I break mm-hmm. down deep and break down the offense like seeing the holes or, like seeing opportunities and so with Instagram like po- the posts are like my plays you know and the hashtags are like my audibles and like the numbers are like your stats, like passing yards and rushing yards and like 40 yard dash and whatnot. And so when I like get momentum, like, yeah, I want to like ride this momentum just like in the game. And when I lose momentum, I'm like, fuck, like how, do, like what happened? Like I need to get like my momentum back. So for instance, recently I, all my content, I like write it in real time and I do it on my phone, but I want to like up level the quality of my content. And so I started using Photoshop. But I didn't think about like how hard it would be for the font to like be read. So I went from like this really like bold, large, easy to read font to this like soft, small, like thin font. And <laughs> my engagement dropped. And I was like, fuck. And then I was like, all right, like, and so I went back and I like, changed the font a little bit on Photoshop. And then I found the font that I was using on Photoshop on my phone app. And my engagement back up. And so it's like one of those things where you're like constantly like tinkering with your game plan and like constantly tinkering with uh, your strategy and, and like just trying to get better every day. Right. I totally love that. Okay. Well, now that we're finally getting to the Instagram part, do you want to share the strategy with us that you use to get all... First of all, just tell us a few of your results because I don't think people actually know what freaking crazy results you can get there. I don't know. It depends on how far you go back. But in 2017, in the beginning of 2018, I used to be able to grow Instagram account from zero to 100,000 followers in 90 days or less. And that was like, it was like a drug. Like that was when I was like, oh man, I love Instagram. Uh, it made me quit my job selling billboards. <laughs> and then 2018 happened and I shifted gears a little bit. But I got back into it this year. I think it was like June or July. It wasn't that long ago. Maybe even like August. Within the last like six to four to six months. I was like, cool. I'm going to do this again. Because everyone was like complaining. I'm one of those people like when people are like, oh, Instagram's so hard. Like, oh, it's so hard. I'm like, oh, sign me up. You know, I'm like marching right in. <laughs> and uh, I was like, cool. Like, let me just see if I can like do this still. And I started a spiritual account, Awoken Ship. And uh, it was literally just for me to like post my like spiritual memes and like like spiritual bullshit because I like spiritual shit. And uh, it was like not like a parody account because I like really like spirituality, but I was like, I'm not going to take this too seriously. I'm just going to have fun with it and literally just post content that uh, I really like. And I've always done that. But like this was the first time I did it. Like the old accounts I used to grow just because I was really good at growing them. But I started Awoken Shit because I just really like spirituality. I like to follow spiritual accounts. So I was like, I'll just make my own. I, I can do that. And I've grown it to, I think I got 55,000 followers. Wow. Right Since uh, July, August, September. I don't remember exactly when I started it. And, so like uh, six months more or less? 
Yeah. And uh, I've got another account that's got like 21 or 22,000 followers on it. I started a new personal account and that's got 5,000 followers on it. I've got an old personal account that I've completely just like, I don't even know how it's not banned yet because I do all the like, all my testing on that account. Like if I have like crazy idea, like more like test strategy, then I'll like use my first personal account because I had it since uh, when Instagram came out, like 2010, 2011. Like I had it in college, and uh, when I had it in college, like I would just like post like pictures of me like in, doing college things, you know, and, like <laughs> my life. And then like I was like trying to figure the social media thing out, and uh, that's got like sixty thousand followers. But last year, I sold like four or five accounts that were like. Three were over a hundred thousand, and I don't know. It's just something I don't know, like how to put it. I just like you know how to like get really good results, and I know how other people get really good results. But a lot of people have grown accounts larger than the accounts I've grown in a short amount of time. So, well, let's get to it. If you don't want to spill all of it, don't worry. But give us the cornerstones of what's the most important things and maybe also what's the myth of growing Instagram accounts. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Go get some water if you want. No, I'm all right. So Instagram, it's like anything else that you do in life, really. You can draw like a lot of lessons from your life for your Instagram. But mostly it's about uh community it's about consistency reach and frequency okay so community consistency reach and frequency mm-hmm. uh, we'll start with like community so what I mean by community is like even if you're not famous even if you don't have a large social media presence already anywhere else you can build your own community on Instagram. So when I first started posting anonymously back in like 2015, 2016, I made an account called Made for Motivation. And I would take like stock photos from stocksnap.io and I would like throw them into my app Fonto. I'm, I'm like giving you guys the, the shit that I use. I would uh, throw them to my app Fonto and then I would throw a quote over them mm-hmm. and I would just write all my quotes. And I've always been like one in love with words. I love writing. So I'll just use it like down my thoughts and I would post on there. And so back in those days, cause I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was just following <laughs> follow. So every day, every hour I was like following a hundred people and then like unfollowing a hundred people. Oh, wow. Is that still trendy though? People still use it. I don't recommend it. Yeah. uh, Okay. A lot lot of people tell people that that's the strategy to use. I don't subscribe to that. Yeah, you'll get like new clicks and yeah, you'll get new followers. But like Instagram will fucking put a hard handicap on your account because it's just spammy. Like it's not, yeah, it uh, is not a good way of like exchanging energy. And as crazy as it sounds, I'm sure that you can resonate with this money. Like energy is everything. So, like, if you're putting out this, like, desperate, scarce, like lack energy of like, and like manipulative energy to like follow somebody so that they follow you and then like unfollowing them. Like it's not going to end up good long-term. So yeah. uh, it's from a strategy point of view, Instagram point of view, an energetic point of view, like it's not a good strategy, but that's what I was doing. I would like find some people that I really like their content. And so I would engage with them. Engagement 
and sharing. Back then, the Instagram didn't even have stories. Instagram created stories because Facebook tried to buy Snapchat and Snapchat wouldn't let them buy them. So Instagram's mm-hmm. like, all right, fuck you, I'll create my own Snapchat on my own platform. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, just like reposting like their content, whatever, and like supporting them, you like start to build this community. Even if you never have a, a message back and forth with them or a conversation with them, uh, people resonate, resonate with that and recognize that. And you're, you're exchanging energy. And so you build this community of like supporters, even though you don't even know these people from all across the world. And you guys just share this, this common interest, whether it's words or spirituality or sports or or business or memes or, you know, illustrations, whatever it is, like you have that in common. And I firmly believe that you can find anything in common with anybody in the whole world, in the history of the whole world, no matter how bad they are. Like people like, for instance, like Hitler, maybe that's a bad example, but like literally everybody in the world, no matter how horrendous or how great they think he is, can find something that they have in common with him or Gandhi or... Stalin or Trump or those people, even the, the 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 guy that runs North Korea, whatever. Like, no matter who you are, like you can find something in common with anybody. Right. You just gotta be able to like open your eyes and like get past the emotional blocks and all of that to like do that. And it's no different than Instagram. You mm-hmm. can literally have something in common with anybody. So building your community is more about finding the people where the people might find you that you have this this shared vision or this shared interest or this this shared passion with and then supporting each other in whatever way that is whether it's likes comments sharing each other's content in your stories messaging back in the end uh, connecting you with other people telling other people to follow you telling other people to follow them it, it doesn't matter but you're, you're building this community from the ground up and so a big myth is that a lot of people are like oh i already i need to have a large audience or I need to be famous or I need to be this or I need to be that before I can like have success. And it's not true. Like literally you can build that from the ground up. You've just got to be patient and open-minded enough and focused enough to remain to my next point consistent. Mm. And the reason why it's so important to be consistent is because if you think about it, like nobody likes like wishy-washiness. Nobody. That's like such like dirty energy for like me personally. Like I'm either like yes or no. And if I'm a maybe, I try to get to a yes or no as fast as possible because I don't like sitting in that maybe space. Yeah, same. Uh, So you got to like be consistent to build trust and to build credibility and to build that like buying-in factor because whether it's the community that you've just built or the audience that you just built and your audience and your community are actually one and the same, if you're not consistent, they're not going to feel as connected or close and as trusting and so you're not going to stick around or if they do stick around they're always going to be waiting for you to like dart away or like disappear right and consistency is is the one thing in like anything you do relationships it's romantic uh work careers anything that you put your mind to your life to whatever anything in your life consistency and community are like are foundational mm. you know is ever like made it through the world with no community like you get born into a community and you can leave that community but even when you leave that community unless you like go all like Oscar Wilde and like go into the wild like you're always a part of a community you, you yeah. can't escape True. and so you, you got to remain consistent so people know what to expect and they can come to appreciate that 
a consistency could be posting once a day. It could be posting three times a day. It could be posting once a week or once every third day or once every second day. But whatever your communication uh, rhythm is, there needs to be some kind of consistency to it. Mm-hmm. And then people will, it's like when like, I don't know if this is true, you tell it's true. It's like when like a house full of women all live together and then their periods sink. Naturally, your behavior will sync with like your community and your audience. Right. I've never tried that and I'm not keen on it. So yeah. yeah a I house know. of women sounds too much for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I went uh, that in college, ironically. Oh yeah? <laughs> Did you sync up with them? <laughs> All sorority girls would always talk about it. And I took this human sexuality class. Yeah. Sexuality also, and I just found that so interesting. Uh, <laughs> this is so funny. I got four sisters too, though, so I guess that plays part. Um, they're all younger, but uh, I usually had male friends, so there was no one really to sing with periods. I guess <laughs> I wasn't yeah. that bad. It's probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> So is there is there any like rule of thumb to go along with the consistency? Should it be rather three times a day than once a day or rather once a day than once a week? Does it depend on what um, you're posting? It depends on, on, on what space you're in. So for instance, like creatives and, and illustrators and uh, people that artists and draw and paint, unless it's like your full-time thing and you're doing it every day, an account I follow, Tina Maria Elena. She does like water paintings of like mm-hmm. sexual stuff. And I love her. I love her art. And every day, I mean, she takes breaks every once in a while, but pretty much like every day she's painting. Wow. And if she's not painting, she's like resharing, reposting uh, water paintings that she has painted, or she'll like go back to like drawing she's done, like when she first started drawing and all that stuff. And so somebody like her, Obviously, like, you know, she's got like a a studio in her home and her husband helps her and that's her thing. So like every day she's creating content. Uh, She might not post every day, but sometimes she does. Yeah. Some creatives where it might be a little bit harder for them to come out with content. So they might come out with content once a week. I'm trying to think of, I think his account is like Pansky or Painsky or something like that. But anyways, like this guy every Friday... He releases a new illustration and he also makes that illustration available for print on a number of uh, different things, cards, shirts, hats, etc. Oh, right? cool. Yeah. A finite amount of like merchandise. Yeah, merchandise. And then he has a finite amount of like merchandise, like urgency and scarcity. And once it's gone, it's gone. And you won't get another post for a week. You won't get another opportunity to like buy his merchandise. That's so cool. Buy the merchandise from the week before because it's all gone. So you can only buy the merchandise from this week. And he's been on like Saturday Night Live and like I've seen his stuff all over the place. But that shows you like the difference between like the whole region or the whole like consistent frequency thing, which brings me into the next part, like frequency. So consistency is just like constant, like being consistent with your actions. Frequency is more of like your communication rhythm and your communication pattern. So for this guy, I think it's like Pansky. I can't remember. I don't follow him because it's an illustration account and it doesn't like mesh with what I'm trying to do right now. But he does once a week. Mm -hmm. And then there's somebody like me, like I'm just, 
writing my thoughts. Like you and I are having conversations. My brain's like, like overflowing with thoughts. So I'll probably like go on a bunch after we get off today and I'll post every three hours until I fall asleep. Right. And wake up and I'll post and like, I'll just post all day. And like on my spiritual accounts, I'm just reposting memes and spiritual posts from other people. So there isn't a lot of effort or energy expended on it. So I'll post every three hours, every day, every three hours. Sometimes I might take a break. Every like, three hours. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's just like. See, that would totally put me off if you would tell me, Monique, you know, your Instagram account is good, but you only post once a day, which by the way, my fabulous VA is doing for me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. isn't that amazing? So like you, I love that you repost all of my, uh, my social media cards, like the yellow ones, right? She's doing all of them. I don't have to do anything with them anymore. And she has a pool of my whole photo library. And then all, like usually those posts, um, I'm writing them the captions. But if there are quotes from other people, she researches them. So I have literally almost nothing to do with my Instagram. Yay! <laughs> Unless all of my stories. Hmm? That's the best way to do it. I find like joy in doing it. But eventually, like I, I probably will like, be like, all right, like I want to enjoy my life more and go that route. Because I'm not really a big fan of automation. I'd rather have somebody rent. I think personally, for anybody listening to this, it's better to do what Monique did and hire somebody to do it for you than to use an app like Planoly or an auto posting app. Because you want to have your account logged into as the least amount of devices as possible. Mm -hmm. It's just, you don't want it using like these robots. If Instagram sees that Monique's logged in, and her VA is logged in, it's a lot different than seeing Monique's logged in and some app on the website on the internet is logged in. Mm. Um, but we do use Planoly. Do you think that's wrong? No, because Planoly, I just found out within the last uh, two to three weeks because one of my new clients uses it as an official partner of Instagram. Yeah, that's why I used it. Yeah, so it's it being an official partner of Instagram, obviously Instagram or Facebook is ultimately who it is, looks at Planoly as acceptable with their algorithms. Yeah, and the good thing is, if you didn't know, they directly post to Instagram. So whatever you schedule, they do the work. Yeah, yeah, so that's good. That's why uh, we're all in efficiency on demand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that is, if you, if you, if you have a part-time posting or being available, you either want to hire somebody or use Planoly or like Monique's doing, use a combination of both. <laughs> yeah. uh, at our agency, we actually create content and post content for our clients. And like I, three phones, um, there's two more in the file cabinet over there. And uh, for our clients, like they don't post as much as I do, but we create all the content, we create all the captions, research all the hashtags, and we do all the posting. And that for our clients makes it way easy for them to mm -hmm. they're good at, whether it's a consultant or a coach or a doctor or whatever it is to just focus on what their zone of genius is. So whether you're using Planoly or a VA or you're doing yourself, if it's content that you can source really easily without any uh, effort in terms of frequency, the best is every three hours because 
reach and frequency are, are directly correlated. I used to sell billboards and uh, I've been in media marketing since I was like 14 years old. I started off at the school newspaper and doing like coupon sales and stuff. And I went on to do radio and television and sell billboards. And now I own a marketing agency and do like uh, digital and social media marketing and content creation and stuff. So in my, my previous background before social media marketing, you hear these things like radio and television and out of home, which is like billboards mm-hmm. about reach. And those are things that are timeless. Like they uh, cross over to any medium forum. And the more frequent you are, the more reach you'll get. It's just, it's just science, right? It's a numbers game. So is it three, you, you telling me that you're waking up every night so you can post every three hours? Oh, no. No, just while I'm just while I'm awake. Oh my just while I'm awake. Like today, I haven't posted at all. <gasps> I woke up. No. It was one of the kids' birthday. <gasps> really? I had a slow start. Aww. One of the kids to the babysitter or daycare or whatever. Like got a like quick workout in, but I like haven't posted. I just haven't, I don't know, like I gotta be in the zone. But like once I do post, I'll try to post every three hours. Every once in a while, like I'm human and sometimes I don't feel like it and I won't post for like six, seven, eight hours. Uh, yesterday on like two of my cons went like 12 hours between posts. It just, I let my life, I'm at the point now where I'm like letting my life just flow. Mm. But for the part, my life flows around being able to post every three hours. That's interesting. Okay. So let's pretend. Uh, so I definitely thought, so you know my Instagram account, right? Let's take it as an example. So I have these, so if it was, okay, I'm trying to ha- to wrap my head around like every three hours. So there would be basically two of these quote cards a day and then four photos, like nine posts. No, that's a lot. That's a lot. Six posts. After, after six posts, Instagram will be like, yo, like slow down. And they'll try to say that they won't let you post it. But if you just refresh your feed, it'll let you post it. But you can get away a, a good for anybody that like is like, damn, Eddie, you're crazy. Like that's excessive. And I'm a very like extreme person. I can't help it. <laughs> I've always been this way. You can get away with like one to three posts a day. Okay. So let's say we make three posts a day. For me, that means like one of the quote cards and two of my photos. So do people well, want to ask you this? Yeah. I call that the content sandwich, by the way, the, um, the reason why I call it content sandwich is because you're sandwiching uh, one specific kind of content with two other pieces of content. And I would actually like one reverse that, but two, it doesn't matter what I would do because it depends on what the data says on your account. So whichever posts are performing the best, I would do two of those versus the one that does not as good. So like if your pictures of you do better than your quote cards, I would do two pictures of you. But if your quote cards do better than your pictures, then I would do two quote cards. Well, let's just say <laughs> so far, my photos usually do better than the quote cards. Yeah, so I would do two photos. I would do two photos. Yeah. For sure. So that's, that's what, what I have now. And then the quote cards in the middle. Yeah, yeah. And that's perfect. I call that content a content sandwich because like you're like sandwiching your content, but uh, that is 
like a really strong and powerful psychological trigger for people. Three is a super powerful number in like the universe, but also like in our brains and like just all around you. And so when you post like three times a day, at least what you're doing is you're with like your pictures of yourself that are doing really well. You're like getting your audience up They're like on a high, like, oh yeah, like that's an awesome like caption and picture of money. And then you send them a quote card, which maybe they're like not resonating with as much initially, but they're still like on that high from the, the first post that you did. And so they're like waiting for your next post. And so they might engage with it or they might just have like better feelings around the quote card. And then you hit them back with something that is like popular with them again. So like no picture of you and it brings them right back up. And what it does is it conditions their brain to like the quote cards. Maybe I should put my face on the quote cards too. I'm kidding. You could like, for instance, I've seen your graphics for or animation for your podcast. podcast. Mm -hmm. You're like on the left side or right side of however you like orient that. Like you could literally like use that and like whatever, like, and like put yourself in your quote cards and like just put you to the left and like put your pineapple to the right and put your quote in between the two of them. And I bet that would perform really well. Yeah. Yeah, I thought like people wouldn't want, you know, this um, self-portrait on every fo uh, on every post. But I guess uh, I'm blessed with um, people liking my face. So it's not a bad problem to have, right? <laughs> I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> so that's it. See if it performs better. If it performs better based off the numbers, mm. do it. If it's worse, then like just keep tweaking it. Definitely. So... Did we go through all of the four things already? We went uh, community, consistency, yeah. frequency. Yeah, and then like reach, but reach is more like you'll reach more people if you're more frequent. Mm. Yeah. Right. So I feel like hashtags have a lot of meaning in getting out there. Um, can you can you spoil some myth for us about hashtags? For example, yeah. where to post them. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so funny. When I first started growing accounts from zero to hundred thousand, I didn't use hashtags. I was like on social media, like hashtags are stupid. If you have to use hashtags, uh, then you're not Instagramming right. And I would grow these accounts without using any hashtags, and I would just go super viral. Then when everything changed and I got back into it, I was like, all right, I think hashtags are really important now, and so I'm gonna learn hashtags. And uh, hashtags are like, if all if community consistently reaching frequency are like your car. Hashtags are the gas that go in it, the fuel mm. that go in it. Right. And the hashtags are how you're going to get out there. So there's a lot of myths about hashtags and a lot of people like don't know how to use them. I'm just going to tell you straight up, don't just copy and paste hashtags from other people's posts because you don't know if any of those hashtags are banned. Yes, there's like banned hashtags and, mm. and so certainly get to the point where they don't let those hashtags like get posted on the platform. They'll remove your uh, caption completely. There's hashtags that aren't aren't relevant at all. And then there's hashtags that just aren't good hashtags. And so don't go and like copy hashtags from the internet or like from like other posts that you're like, oh, like that's kind of like my content or it's working for them. So maybe it'll work for me. Don't do that. What you need to do is there's, if you don't want to pay for a service, if you don't want to pay for a service, there's a method to the madness. You can start popping in hashtags into your app in the search bar where uh, you're on the explore pages where the uh, 
I think it's still a magnifying glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Where the magnifying glass is. And you can search like keywords. And then if you have a smaller account, you're going to want to keep those keywords under 100,000 uses. Mm-hmm. And you want to try to keep the average amount of likes and you can do like the top 15 posts or 30 posts or 10 posts, the average amount of likes on that hashtag as a thousand likes. Mm. Because if you go too large, say there's a million posts a day. And so a lot of people like go look for hashtags that are being used a lot, which is ass backwards. You're not going to, your account's not big enough. You're not gonna be able to compete with the Kim Kardashians, Ariana Grande's, the Kindle or Kylie Jenner's, whatever. Like you're not gonna be able to compete with them. Right. People are going on the internet. They've got podcasts. They got TV shows. They got music. They got products. Like people are looking, searching, seeking them out. You're never gonna be able to compare, uh, compete with them unless you reach that level, right? But you can compete with these smaller accounts and these smaller tag sets. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't really matter if you post them in your comments or in the first or in the first post or in your post. I've tested both. I've not seen any big difference in reach. I like to post them in my posts because I'm not trying to like take the extra like efficiency. I'm not trying to like post it in my comments. Like it doesn't even make sense. Like I don't care if it's like a blemish on my caption. I just want to like, get the thing done. Like this is my job, but this is like, it's a task, right? And so I right. do it as quickly and cleanly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so like whether it's in your comments or in your, your captions, it's not a big difference. I recommend using at least 20. Don't use more than 30 because it'll erase your caption. I save all my my notes section on my phone. Should it be always the same ones or how often do you rotate? I rotate every post. Actually, recently, I just went through all of my accounts and I went through all of my top posts from the last year and I ranked my top hashtags that I just go on or oh yeah performing hashtags some of my worst well some of the ones that are really bad I don't use at all and I'll just like go through the order I've got a lot of hashtags though like you should be switching up your hashtags pretty often but when you find ones that work keep working them so like for instance OG Eddie Smith which is my personal account I've got 15 top hashtags in those 15 top hashtags, I know that they perform well. I know my they put me in front of the right people. I know Instagram likes them for my account. So I use those 15 posts. But I'll do one, like I'll switch it every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, Instagram. So... <clears throat> I use Flick. Flick.tech. It's a hashtag research tool. Friends Loic, he started it. And it's very, very useful in doing all the heavy lifting in terms of like what the best hashtags are to use nice well guys you know where to find all of these links just scroll to the show notes (laughs) so looking at uh, the new year i know uh, i think we both are really excited about the new year new me folks (laughs) and so but i want to know what's up for you in the new year what are your goals Visions, what is the impact you want to have? <laughs> I have? My big goal is to get my book and my book out. Uh, it's already written. It's been through the first round of editing. I've just got to like, like do the dedication and the foreword. And like, I haven't decided if I'm going to have people like write reviews on it to like go on like the back or anything, but to get my book out. And for my book, 
to have like large impacts because it's a lot about the it's it's about like the lessons I've learned through my life so that maybe other people don't have to learn them the hard way. And Love it. Uh, so that's that's like my big goal. I wanted to get out last year for my birthday, and then I just I'm really bad and I get tunnel vision, and that can be a gift and a curse. Yeah. <laughs> so focus. But that's one. Um, the rest of them, like, they're pretty much the same. Like, every day, every year, like, this might rub some people the wrong way, but, like, it's my goal to die as, like, the most influential or one of the most influential people of my generation. Mm. And so with that mindset and that mentality and, like, that goal, I've had that goal, like, pretty much my entire life. Like, I wanted to be the first Black president when I was, like, in, like, elementary school. It makes me cringe, kind of, because I could never... <laughs> know. But, like, every day, I'm, like... And every year and every month and every week, I'm just trying to like one up myself because I know if I can consistently become better than the person I was the day before, when I die, even if I don't like reach that goal, which I know I will, of like being one of the most influential, like impactful people in a positive way, like I'll come as damn close as I can. And so some people are like, oh, they're looking at Mount Everest, right? Mount Everest is their goal. And I look at them like, fuck, like, how am I going to get to the top? I can't even see the top because there's clouds. You know? <laughs> Instead of like, looking at all right, like, here, this is where I'm at, I'm at the bottom. And like, this is the, the first peak and the second peak. And then, you know, you every day you're just like in a competition and like on a journey with yourself. And you can get further along and, and higher up that mountain and maybe reach the top of the mountain. You're like, fuck, like, this isn't good enough. I need to like, you know, explore space or whatever. But the, the bottom line is that like, for me, it's, it's always the same goal. And so the way I go about reaching that goal is something I've been working on more and more. And that's just being in flow and like trying not to force things and just let things happen because I'm putting on in the work internally and externally to get me closer. I love that. I think a lot of people, they misunderstand um, when I talk about working smart rather than hard. I've recently seen a post again where someone said like, oh, if you want to be really financially successful, um, you definitely have to put in long hours and a lot of hard work and all of these kind of things. And it's it's super interesting because I do believe there is a lot of hard work that goes in. I don't believe that have to be plenty of long hours. And I'm saying that after I have put in over a decade of like more than 100 plus hours a week and I've died of it too. So I literally had a cardiac arrest and I was out. So I can, I can tell you it, it certainly doesn't work for everyone. There will be people they can just work for however long, you know, because it might not impact them as much. But I think the outcome, just neuroscientifically, is not going to be a quality outcome. If you're working and working and working and do nothing else, you deplete your brain cells, you deplete your brain mass, you deplete your creativity. If you do that longer than you're actually capable of just because you think you have to, or this is what society wants us to believe and, you know, pushing us into this hustle and crying bullshit. Yeah. But anyways, it's, it's really interesting because the flow state is what, where we actually should be trying to get to. 
And I don't think that the generation who is going to be really successful, whatever that means for them, but also financially has been yet created to do this out of flow state. And I think we are going to be the first generation who can create those successful people who are not going to work hundreds of hours, you know, who are who are proving that being successful doesn't mean to sacrifice and to kill yourself with it. And I think it's really important to to spread this message and but also be aware of you definitely have to put hard work in. It doesn't mean that within those hours that you work, you can just scroll through Facebook and someone will find you and, and stuff like that. You know, I think that's a total delusional uh, delusion as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so. Because we're in efficiency on demand, I used to ask two questions. So the first one is, what does efficiency actually mean to you? Efficiency to me is doing something with <laughs> doing something with like assertiveness. I'm like really assertive person, and for me, efficiency comes down to like, all right, like I have this thing, and if I do this thing and I, and I do it like right. I'm going to do it imperfect's not always right. Just for anybody watching this. Yeah. But like if I do this thing and I, and I, and I do it right and I do it with focus and like intentional energy, then I can like do it and it'll be done and I don't have to redo it. And so efficiency for me is like doing something and doing it in, in a way that, allows you to minimize because this is something that you can't control sometimes but minimize the possibility of having to do it again i love that i love it so before we wrapping up i want to know if you had to start over again or if you would want to give your little kiddo the top three tips of getting ahead which would that be like literally just your favorite three things to do to get to where you are right now or even further ahead believe nothing of it what you hear half of what you read and find your own truths oh uh, people won't understand your vision because they can't see it like you can and number three would be even if you don't understand it but you know that it's the right thing do it because there's a lesson to be learned. I love these so much. They're amazing. Eddie, thank you so much. Please tell everyone where they can find you and what they can find there. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at OG Eddie Smith uh, with an IE. And uh, you can expect me to talk my shit and post my thoughts. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And where can they buy your services? Uh, you can go to blacklabelleads.com backslash Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, blacklabelleads.com backslash Instagram. And uh, if you fill out that form, then you can schedule a call with me and we can talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. It doesn't have to be Instagram, but that's what most people will want to talk to me about. Amazing. Eddie, thank you so, so much. It was amazing to have you on and to talk about all things being an athlete and Instagramming. I love it so much. Guys, if you want to know where you can find all of the tools and all of the services that Eddie has to offer, just scroll down to the show notes 
below or maybe they're on the right or left. Wherever they are, you will find them and you will find all the links and resources for you below. Thank you so much again for coming on and taking the time, even on the birthday from, is it your kid? Uh, it's, yeah, it's my fancy's. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, happy birthday and um, I hope you have a fantastic day. You too. <laughs> You've been listening to Efficiency On Demand. On Demand. We hope you've learned about your ultimate potential, how to control your time, how to create some clarity in your crazy life, and how to live life limitless. Limitless. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And please follow on Instagram at Secret Weapon to Efficiency. We'll see you next time on Efficiency On Demand with Monique. Remember... Slow down to speed up.